Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Greetings, salutations, and of course, hello to all of my listeners, my unlucky lounge rats. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Draft and Draft, Friday Night Podcast Edition, a great way to put a button on your week today. My name is Corey, your limited lore master, denizen of this, the Unlucky Lounge, located in historic Monoscrew Manor, and joining me as always is the 2-2 that's always there for you on turn number two. It's my bear tender friend, Borok. Borok, I gotta say, last weekend at the Channel Fireball Vegas event was exactly what I needed yeah, I know it was unfortunate that you weren't there, but like I said, someone had to hold down the unlucky lounge. Well, possibly, but you know, I I think that the convention center might have looked down on, well, a bear being there. Okay, yeah, we might have gotten away with that, saying you were a cosplayer in some kind of elaborate costume, but... If you were gone, we'd have to leave the bar to Mr. Turtle, and service would be slower than a commander player playing Grand Arbiter Augustine IV. Mm, What was that? Were you just talking about me? Mm, Uh, no. No, Mr. Turtle, we weren't talking about you. No, we were just talking about, uh, about a new girdle. A new girdle that I got for, you know, my... Lovely lady humps. What can I say? I panicked. I was trying to find a word that rhymed with turtle. Oh, well, if you don't need me, I'll just be making a control deck for Commander right over here. Turtle. Okay, see you later, Mr. Turtle. Man, this intro is taking longer than normal. Anyway, it's Friday, and it's time for us to celebrate ourselves with a little bit of a draft at the end of our work week. But before we dive into our next Innistrad Crimson Vow draft, a few bits of housekeeping and upkeeping. As always, this podcast is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Check them out at BLEAV.com or wherever you download your audio goodness. Keep your midday blues away with Believe. And if this show is bringing you some joy, keep the conversation going on Twitter twitch and tiktok you can find me draft and draft Corey on instagram find my personal one Corey demone enriquez and if this show is giving you some joy feel free to support us on patreon patreon.com backslash draft and draft it truly is a lifeblood for those of us out there that make content for all of my fellow planeswalkers to enjoy so if these episodes are giving you a little bit of a smile feel free to think about supporting us on patreon keep the lights on here in the unlucky lounge well that's all the housekeeping and the upkeeping the sorcerer's broom is back into the conjurer's closet it's time for us to dive back into crimson vow last time we had ourselves a bit of a rough draft and i can tell you it didn't finish much better in fact i scrubbed up pretty hard oh and three and it didn't give me the most confidence going into my weekend in vegas where I signed up for the main event, the big limited GP-esque event on Saturday. Ended up going four and three. Not too bad. My deck was serviceable, but we did lose to a handful of pretty strong bombs. I saw Avabra Caretaker no less than three times. And, well, I'm still pretty proud of my play. 
winning some true nail biters, even though we didn't have too much in the way of big serviceable bombs in our colors, which ended up being red-black. But if you want to know more and see more about these decks that I constructed throughout the weekend, which includes three really sweet mystery booster brews, find me on those socials and you'll see a lot of pics and tweets and other bits of information on TikTok. That's enough, though, of us setting this up. I think it's time for us to dive into this week's draft. But before we do, we have ourselves a little tradition. Grab a drink, grab a snack, maybe even crack a pack. It's time to celebrate all the great you that you are, because all of my unlucky lounge rats, this is the untapped step. Ah, hits the spot every time. So it looks like our draft is queued up and we are on the way. And as the draft progresses, well, I'll tell you some insights I got from Crimson Vow, but also some of the most important things that came out of the weekend at Vegas. And it really has nothing to do with game playing, but more with the people that I made connections with. And hopefully from here, we might get a slew of new guests coming on the show to draft with us at Friday Night Podcast. Maybe beyond, we will see. Well, here we go. Pick one, pack one. The rare here is Grolnok, the Omnivore. <laughs> this is the 3-3 three, three for 2 green-blue. Legendary creature frog. Oh, man. I can't wait to tell everyone about my frog story from GP Vegas, but that's another time. So, whenever a frog you control attacks, you mill 3. Then, when a permanent card is put into your graveyard from your library, you exile it with a croak counter, and then you can play lands and cast spells from one cards with croak counters on them. It's fine, but green-blue is a relatively problematic color in this format, but looking at the entirety of this pack, two things really stand out. One is Restless Bloodseeker, the 1-3 one, for 1 in a black. At the beginning of your end step, if you gain life, you make a blood token, and then you sack two blood tokens to transform it, turns into a 3-3 three, three that can drain your opponent. I'm going to take this over a pretty close abraid. I have had two recent successes back-to-back -back on Arena in best of three. The first big success was actually in white black life gain, which is something that I took from one of my good friends and early guests of the show, Jason. It does have a really nice route to victory, and a lot of the black-white cards are not very coveted by other drafters, so you can get things on the wheel that end up being pretty key role players. But let's go to pick two of pack one. In the uncommon slot, there's a laid to rest, which is the enchantment for humans that you draw a card when a human dies, and then Whenever you uh, have a creature with a plus one plus one counter dies, you gain two life. There's also Dread Fugue. I've been pretty high on this card recently. One black sorcery. Target re player reveals their hand. You can choose a non-land card with a mana value of two or less, and then they discard it, but you can cleave it for two and a black to discard any card, not CMC two or less. That's pretty nice. Besides that, there's a hook hand mirror, the 4-4 four, for four, four that transforms into a 6-4, a flame blessed bolt, but I'm gonna stick with the black card here. The only other black card in this pack is Undying Malice, and the rare is gone, so I, I think Dreadfugue is in a pretty good place here as we go into pick three of pack one. In black, we see a courier bat. That is one of the cards that I mentioned before that has a nice little black-white payoff going onto it, because you can table these pretty reasonably. And then when you do, you get a nice Gravedigger that has flying. It actually is a little bit better than initially I put it on. Uncommons, there's Geist Light Snare, the three mana counter spell that costs less for spirits and enchantments you control, and they counter it unless they pay three. Eh, it's fine. There's also Ancient Lumbering Knot. It's the 1-4 for two, black-green. This card's been a little bit better than I thought it would be. 
but it is green-black, and green-black ends up feeling a bit like a pile of nothing. But I am willing to take it here, and it looks like green's been relatively open in the last few picks that we've taken, and it's not unfounded to maybe get a few bits of life gain in a green-black deck. So let's take it and go to pick four of pack one, and hey, this is now where we're starting to see some of the white-black payoffs here. In the uncommon slot, there's two strong white cards. One is Panicked Bystander. It's a 2-2 for one and a white. When it or another creature you control dies, you gain a life. In the beginning of your end step, if you gain three more life, you transform it to a 3-5 that has that same Life Rider clause, but then it also can give itself Death Touch. That's pretty good, but I think just edging it out is going to be Angelic Quartermaster. It's a 3-3 flyer for three white-white. When it enters the battlefield, you put a counter on up to two other target creatures. This card's just big, it flies, it gets the job done. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll find another Panicked Bystander later on, and that works really well with the Restless Bloodseeker. But I do think that the Quartermaster is just, on raw power level, better than that card. So we'll take that. And going to pick five of pack one, two cards in black-white right now stand out to us. When it comes to the green that we had with the Ancient Lumberknot, there's not too much to speak of. There's a Crawling Infestation, which is the mill enchantment for two and a green. And then when one or more creature cards are put into a graveyard from anywhere, you make a 1-1 one, one insect token. It's fine. And then there's also an Apprentice Sharpshooter, the 1-4 reach training for two and a green. Also, it's fine. Just training is really awkward. But in the white-black side of things, you've got Pointed Discussion, which is a great card. Draw two cards, lose two life, then create a blood token. But I think we're going to take this Kindly Ancestor. It's a 2-3 lifelink for two and a white, and you disturb it to make a lifelink enchantment for one and a white. I think this is fitting in a nice place, and with the Angelic Quartermaster that we just took, putting some counters on that, really, really good gas we have there. Pick six, pack one. Best cards in the pack, we've got a Weaver of Blossoms, the 2-3. For two and a green, that it taps to add one mana of any color, transforms to a 3-4 that can tap to add two mana. Pretty good. There's a Piercing Light in white and a Gluttonous Guest in black. And I think I'm going to go with the Gluttonous Guest. The blood token is really nice. Those tokens have played out a lot better than I thought they initially would, Borok. <laughs> True, maybe that does play a really nice role when we have the double feature, the two Innistrad sets mashed up together, but I am eternally disappointed that the double feature isn't a curated list at all. It's just everything smashed together. There's no subtlety or nuance to it. It just has me really kind of sad. Yeah, sure, the special treatments are nice, but that's not really what I'm looking for, especially as a limited player. Pick seven, pack one. Only one black card is Undying Malice. There's also Arm the Cathars, which is the weird, you give a creature plus three, plus three, plus two, plus two, and plus one, plus one. Clearly it's it's built as a training card, but I don't think we want it. What we're gonna take is a Heron Blessed Geest. Yeah, I said Geest. It's four colorless and a white for a three, three flyer, and then you can exile it from your graveyard to make two one, one flying spirit creature tokens. You only use it if you have an enchantment on the battlefield, but we're in white, so it's not unfounded to make that happen. Ooh, interesting. Pick eight, pack one. There's a Vampire's Kiss, which works very well with our life gain synergies, and there's also a Blood Fountain. The only white card is Neville Gas Beguiler, the 2-5 for four and a white that you pay a white and tap a creature. Not that interested, but maybe this Vampire's Kiss might get us there, especially if we have Restless Bloodseeker and Gluttonous Guest. I really would love the 2-3 for one white-black that has a lifelink, and you can pay two at the end of your turn to draw a card. But let's take this Vampire's Kiss right now. I don't know why, but I have some faith uh, with that card at the moment. The two bloods that it makes for one to black is real gas. 
Here in pick nine, our table pack, there's nothing much to speak of in white or black. There's a Nurturing Presence, which is the weak aura enchantment for one and a white. I mean, it works well with a lifelinker and we'll, we'll put it in the board, but looks like this early, we're kind of in garbage time already as we table one of the Neville Gast Beguilers, but I really don't want to play that card. And hey, we did get an Animate Will, pick 12, pack one. So as we go into our next pack here, I'd be looking for, ooh, nice little Vampire Slayer on the end of that pack. I'm looking for removal. I'm looking for something that can help us put this life gain strategy together. Like if we found one of those 2-2s two that I talked about before, or maybe the Markov Purifier, which is the name of that 2-3 lifelinker, I believe. I think those things would work out really nice for us as we go into pick one of pack two. Well, in the uncommon slots, there's only one black card, which is a Groom's Finery. And that's basically just a great sword. I mean, yeah, that's all it really is, and I don't think we're really in the market for a great sword. The rare is Howl Pack Piper. It's a 2-2 for 3 and a green. It's a human werewolf that kind of acts as an elvish piper on one side, and the other side, you kind of get to refuel your hand. Eh, it's fine. There's another Kindly Ancestor here, which I think might be our pick. There's also a Pointed Discussion. I do like a little bit of card draw that we kind of need right now. Don't get me wrong, I'd love another Kindly Ancestor at some point, but maybe we can pick one up down the line. But this point of discussion, draw two, lose two, create a blood token for two and a black, I think could be a very, very nice part of our equation. So let's take that as the good man LSV once astutely put on Twitter. This is basically just a black version of Sift. So clever, right? <laughs> Pick two, pack two. We are flush with options here, folks. Speaking of card advantage, we've got Fell Stinger. It's a 3-2 for two and a black, Death Touch Exploit zombie scorpion that when you exploit a creature you draw two cards and lose to life you can also target a player so if your opponent's at two you can get them real good <laughs> there's also blood craze socialite the three three menace that makes a blood token then you sack a blood token upon attacking to give it plus two plus two and it's a five five attacker there's also a diagraph scavenger would love to table that but i think it's between the Felstinger and the panicked bystander that we saw before and i think right now since we just took card draw i'm gonna go with the panicked bystander this card seems really good with the Restless Bug Seeker, so let's see if this maybe does some good work for us as we go into pick three of pack two uncommon slot. There's Brian Comer, which is a pretty good white-blue uncommon. It's a 1-1 one -one spirit when it enters the battlefield, or it gets enchanted, make a 1-1 one -one flying spirit creature token, and then it disturbs her one to blue and basically gives that same text to the creature that it enchants, but I think we're going to take a courier bat here. This is that Gravedigger with flying that we talked about before. We've got a Panicked Bystander. We've got a Gluttonous Guest. We've got a Kindly Ancestor. And we have a Vampire's Guest. We might actually play that card. So let's take that right now and see if it works out for us. Uh, going into pick four of pack two, uh, not much for us here. There is an Undying Malice, which I might take. This is the one black instant until end of turn. Target creature gains when it dies. It returns to the battlefield and it gets a plus one, plus one counter. Uh, it essentially gives it Undying, which is a cute little throwback to Dark Ascension. But there's a lot of exile things that are happening in this format right now, and I'm not a big fan of it. I'll end up taking it because the only other card in our color is Sanctify right now. It's a slow disenchant that gains you life, and I don't want to main deck that card. Hey, funny that we talked before about guests' future on the show. I just got a, uh, a DM from another great MTG content creator. Her name is Lady Lavinius. If you don't follow her on Twitch or Twitter, check her out. She's got some really good draft videos out there, and I really appreciate watching what she does. 
And we had a nice little dinner. We turned up to connect a lot with not only cruising, which is you know where my experience comes from, but also uh, we watched a show together called Taskmaster, which by the way, my lucky lounge rats, if you have not watched Taskmaster, please do. That show is fire. Pick five, pack two, really nothing here to speak of. There's another Nubble Gas Beguiler, Supernatural Rescue. We're gonna take a Mind Leech Ghoul. I really don't wanna play it. It's the two, two for one black exploit creature when it exploits an opponent, exiles a card from their hand. Really, really don't want that, but okay. All right, pick six, pack two. We asked for some removal. We kind of got it a little bit here. In a Sigarda's Imprisonment, it's two and a white. It's an enchant creature. Enchanted creature can attack a block, and then down the road, you can pay four and a white to exile the enchanted creature and create a blood token. Now, I know as of recently that the aura-based pacifism effects in Limited have not been that great, but I think Sigarda's Imprisonment is good enough, especially because the exploit creatures are not that great. The other pick would be potentially Gift of Fangs, but I'd rather have a card that can deal with all the creatures as opposed to just, you know, non-vampires with toughness two or less. Pick seven, man, it's just the same story. We're getting Nurturing Presence, Neville Gas Beguiler, another Supernatural Rescue, which is a really weak enchantment aura. Another Mind Leech Ghoul, and then an Unhallowed Phalanx. The 113 for four and a black. I would play that card if I had either the Cannon Fodder or some big bombs in late game. I'll take another Mind Leech Ghoul just because it is a bear, but man, I really don't want to play it. Pick eight, pack two. Oh, this is interesting. So we've got a Fleeting Spirit. This card is very good. Also, considering it's the last new pack we're seeing, Seems really good. It's the 3-1 for one white. You can exile three cards and pay white to give it first strike or discard a card to flicker it. There's also a Fierce Retribution in this pack, which is the instant speed white removal spell, which is really nice. But I'm telling you, Fleeting Spirit is a house, holds down the fort, and can be a real roadblock for our opponents that have some good attacking. Pick nine, pack two. We did table the Kindly Ancestor, so we'll happily get that. And whoa! Another Sigarda's Imprisonment. I'd rather take this than the Piercing Light. I, I'm i okay with it. I mean, I just don't think Exploit is that good. And in the end, you know, if we do get to the Exile and create a Blood Token, I kind of like it. Plus, it works really well with the Heron Blessed Beast that we got before. Uh, there's a Militia Rallyer here. This is the 3-3 for 2 and a white and pick 11 a pack 2. It can't attack alone, and when it attacks, you untap target creature. It's, you know, a replacement level 3-3 three, three for 3, and now we're going to garbage time. So, you know, we, we kind of picked up a few of the things that we need in this pack, too, which was removal in two Sigarda's Imprisonment. I still want just a little bit more in the realm of maybe life gain payoffs. We did get a Panic Bystander, and we do have the pick one, pack one, Restless Bloodseeker, but maybe we can get a little bit more going into pick one, pack three... All right, so at least we've got something here. So right now, just a, a brief little glance. There's a Traveling Minister, which is a card that's impressed me a lot. This is the 1-1 one, one for one white. You tap it, target creature gets plus one plus zero until end of turn, and you gain one life. Activate it only as a sorcery. The other thing is a Valorous Stance. One white instant, target creature gets indestructible, and destroy target creature with toughness four or greater. That does come in handy, especially against the red-green werewolf, sorry, yeah, werewolf matchups that end up being relatively prevalent. I'm really hoping that maybe we can table this traveling minister or a third kindly ancestor. I would certainly like to be able to put this heron blessed geese into our yard and then get the spirits off it eventually. The rare was Giralf, which is, by the way, if you haven't played it, an absolute bomb. Look it up. It's really, really good. 
But yeah, that's uh, going to be our pick for this one. A little Valor Stance. Now we've got three solid bits of removal. I actually think that destroying a creature with toughness four or greater is relatively reasonable in this format. Pick two, pack three. Comes down to two cards here. Heron of Hope, a two, three for a three and a white flying. You can have it pay one and a white to give it lifelink. And then whenever you gain life, you gain that much plus one. But we also have a Courier Bat number two here. I think we're a little bit light on the life gain. I mean, we have two kindly ancestors, and we have a panic bystander, but uh, I'd rather just take the Heron of Hope. Where, where's the uh, uh, counter from the Angelic Quartermaster that we picked up quite well, and maybe we will table that Courier Bat that we talked about before. I mean, this would kind of be the pack and the time for us to do it. Pick three, pack three. There's a Griff Rider. Nice little solid flying train creature. It's one of the few training creatures that I do like. It's a 2-1... Flying has training, so when you attack with a creature that has more power than it, it gets a plus one, plus one counter. And it's only for two and a white. Yeah, not too bad. Other than that, there's an Arm the Cathars. I just don't think we're really in a deck that wants Arm the Cathars. So rather just take a nice little flying payoff there and go on to pick four of pack three. Two cards really stand out to me here. One is a Desperate Farmer, the 2-2 lifelink for two and a black. When it transforms, it turns into a 4-3 with lifelink. Not bad. It transforms by another creature you control dying. A little awkward in a white-black deck because it's not as easy to just kill off your creatures all willy-nilly. But in some real gas here, there's a wedding security. It's a 4-4 four, four for 3 and a black. When it attacks, you may sacrifice a blood token. If you do, you put a plus one plus one counter on wedding security and draw a card. With the two separate cigars imprisonments, I kind of want to take this. We do have the Restless Blood Seeker to get us some blood. You know what? We're just going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to have some fun. Maybe it's not the optimal pick, but I'm going to enjoy it. Pick five, pack three. Whoa! Angelic Quartermaster number two, good on the team. Wow. I mean, there is a Drogskull Infantry, the 2-2 two, two for one and a white that disturbs for three and a white to give a plus two, plus two aura. There's also Bloodsworn Squire, which is that 3-3. Three, three. You discard a card, and then it gains Indestructible. And if you have four more creatures in your graveyard, transform it into that Star Star. We talked about it last week, but Angelic Quartermaster is just really good. Really, really good. We're, we're putting that on the team. Pick six, pack three. Not much to speak of here. Unfortunately, it's all pretty much Trashville. I'll take a Wedding Invitation. The card's been a little bit stronger than I initially thought. The fact that it gains life and it cantrips is pretty nice. Pick seven, pack three. Oh, interesting. Second Griff Rider, third Kindly Ancestor. But the card I think I'm going to take is Blood Craze Socialite. I've been very impressed with this card over time. The 3-3 three, three with Menace for 3 and a black. Creates a blood token. Then you can sack a blood token. 2, give it plus 2, plus 2 until end of turn. Nice with the wedding security that we just picked up. I might end up playing it. We will see. Pick 8, pack 3. Hey, there's a Courier Bat right there. I do like that Courier Bat. I'm hoping we have enough life gain to make it work. But between the Gluttonous Guest that we have and a few other things, I think it might be in a pretty good place. So, you know, if we have two of them, I'd be pretty happy. Oh! We did it, folks. The Traveling Minister tabled. It's just good, consistent life gain. Nice with some of the training that we have on the Griff Rider. Very happy with that pickup there on the table. As now we get to our garbage time, and we've got, I think, a relatively serviceable deck here. It's not splashy or flashy with any big bombs. Ooh, there's a second Griff Rider. Maybe we play that. I don't know. I mean, we have to really evaluate. Oh, and a Piercing Light. In best of one, I'm willing to play the first Piercing Light because it, you're just going to randomly get those aggro matchups really nicely. 
And we round out with a Vampire Slayer in our final pick. Right now in our stack we have 28 cards. That's a lot of playables. But can we find that solid 23 or 24 and make this black-white life game with, I think, some pretty decent synergy work? Well, take a second to refuel your drinks, friends. We'll be back in just a second as we put together this black-white life game deck in Innistrad Crimson Vow. Welcome back, all of my cool cats and unlucky lounge rats, to the latter half of our episode of Friday Night Podcast, where the deck that we just drafted will be put into practice. But before we dive into it, a few things I want to talk about, not just about the deck that we put together, but also about, well, the Vegas event that Channel Fireball put up this last weekend. Now, as I said, if you follow me on socials, you'll know I had an absolute ball. It was a joy to be back out there and socializing with fellow Planeswalkers, side events, the main event, high stakes, competitive, limited play. It felt kind of like home. If you've listened to some of our backlog of episodes, which includes some of my favorite story times, like the Kaladesh GP, or the day that the swamp dried out, one of the original episodes that I talked about my time with my first GP in Minneapolis, Minnesota, Zendikar, oof, the original Zendikar, folks. I'm not talking party and I'm not talking Eldrazi. This was straight Vampire Nighthawk and plated Geopedes. It felt good to be back in that environment again. And I think more than anything, what really came to my heart was the connections and people that I made. I thought I wasn't going to be alone at this event. I thought there's going to be a few people that I knew from my time in Wisconsin and Minnesota, which is where I frequently planeswalk and sling spells, but I actually didn't recognize too many people. I had to reforge connections. I mean, I had my own Airbnb. I had some of the people that I've played with before, but most importantly, I think what really showed me that this show means a lot to me is that I was able to meet a lot of the guest stars that have been on this show before. This includes the phenomenal Zbex, Arjuna, and Coworker Go Blue from the Arena Craft Podcast. Also, I had this really wonderful interaction with a duo that also does limited podcasts. Uh, it's the team of Xander and Eric from a podcast called Limited Edition. In fact, I'll tell you a little bit more about that whole interaction later on. I still have an episode that I'm brewing that kind of centers on that same storytelling element, but with this CFB event. It'll come down somewhere in the pipeline, but it, it was a joy to socialize with people. It was an honor to be able to be part of some other communities for a while. And I really hope that this show, which is really based on that gathering element of magic goes back to that. I'm hoping to find a slew of new guests with connections that I made, be it with Lady Lavinius, as I mentioned before, Zabricus, a very popular social media content creator and Twitch streamer, and a couple other really good friends that I made, Air Bubbles MTG. Oh, she was an absolute joy to hang out with. Maybe we'll get some of them to join us on the podcast, maybe none of them. But if, as we start to move out of this world of the pandemic, 
And maybe WotC will go back to having these large events. Maybe Channel Fireball, TCG Player will find ways to put these events out at the forefront again. That we can continue to make those connections with each other. Because I really realize just how much they mean to me. And like I said, some episodes going to come down the line at some point. Stay tuned, listen, subscribe, find me on socials for more. But let's talk about this draft deck before we play our first game out here live on the podcast. The thing that I think we hung going into the commercial break was the Griff Riders. We ended up with two of them in our pool, and I do like what this card does. I think it's quite powerful. A 2-1 Flying Trainer for two and a white. Yeah, I like it, but I'm concerned that I'm not going to be able to take advantage of it as much as I would like to. Granted, I have some relatively good role players for it. Fleeting Spirit, Traveling Minister to pump a 2-drop to help make it into a 3-2 Flyer for three. And if you get it to be a 3-2 Flyer for three, you've probably done exactly what that card needs to do. And of course, the Double Angelic Quartermaster plus Wedding Security. I could get there. But I also need to kind of balance those cards with other things I need in my deck. For example, I do believe that the Piercing Light that we got late is going to play a pivotal role, especially in the myriad of red-black matchups and the few flying decks that are out there to try and stem the field of blood synergies and green-red werewolf decks, and I think a Piercing Light will do well in those matchups. We're not playing the Militia Ralliers then as well because, well, if we're not going to be trying to leverage the three power into some strong training synergies, then I don't really think it's all that important. We still ended up playing both the Wedding Invitation and the Vampire's Kiss. I want that life gain. I especially want it because I'm playing both Courier Bats and the Restless Bloodseeker alongside the Panicked Bystander. I think that it's enough to make me want to have that extra little card equity and having the two courier bats plus the pointed discussion is going to get me enough card advantage that I think I'd rather just have a good amount of card selection in that vampire's kiss. It did very well for me when I was in the main event out in Vegas, but let's see if we can translate that here in best of one. We're not playing the dread fugue. I could see putting that back into the build and we're not playing our mind leech ghouls, but we have a pretty solid 23. Is it something splashy and explosive? Can I beat, say, the 6-6 six, six flying demon that makes copies of it during its controller's end step? Yeah, I think if we have that, it's going to be a real struggle, my unlucky lounge rats, if we see it on the other side of the battlefield. But the only way to find out how this deck is going to work is to play. And let's see how game number one does for us here in Friday Night Podcast. My here we go with our black-white life gain deck as we are on the draw. Looks like we have two planes, two swamps, a traveling minister, adamant will, and blood-crazed socialite. This hand has just enough gas and enough interaction for me to want to keep this as our opponent is also going to keep on seven cards. They start off with the forest, and we are going to start off with the Traveling Minister. And ooh, that's a nice little draw. We draw our Angelic Quartermaster. It'll give us a little something to do and build into. I would certainly love to get, you know, one more land and a bunch of more spells, but that's just the ideal world that we're talking about here. Opponent then plays Planes into Dawnheart Disciple. 
This is the 2-2 that when another human enters the battlefield under your control, it gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. So we're just going to probably gain a life here with the Traveling Minister and pass the turn. We could keep up Adamant Will, but we just drew our Sigarda's Imprisonment. So at least we have a little way to interact with the board if they start to get a little bit ambitious. Ooh, a little Parish Blade Trainee action. This is the 1-2 training card for one and a white that when it dies, you move its counters to another creature. It's of course a human, so that means that the Dawnheart Disciple is going to attack for three as opposed to the two. Oh, there is the second Angelic Quartermaster there. Well, I think I'm just going to Sigarda's Imprisonment, the Parish Blade Trainee. I don't want to get too out of control. And at least next turn we get a Blood Crazed Socialite, so we're going to have at least a blocker. And then if we can draw our land, we can go Angelic Quartermaster and then get the two things suited up. One thing to note is our opponent did miss a land drop. They are currently just on Forest and Plains. So we want to kind of protect our resources as they play a Nurturing Presence on their Dawnheart Disciple. This is that aura that we talked about before. So it makes the 1-1 spirit and then the aura gives the creature the ability of saying, hey, are you playing a creature this turn? Well, if you do, you get plus one plus one whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control. Again, they missed their land drop, so it's pretty good. We drew a wedding invitation. We're just gonna be activating our minister here to gain a life, we're going to 17, they're at 20, and then we're gonna play our blood crazed socialite. And we're gonna dare them to do something right now because worse comes to worse, and I don't actually draw the land to play one of the two angelic quartermasters in our hands. We still have wedding invitation plus adamant will open. And that wedding invitation is going to gain us like a significant amount of life. And our opponent plays their own traveling minister. Okay, they're gonna crack in now for a total of five. So they get plus one plus one from the creature play. And yeah, that's not too shabby. So yeah, we are currently going to draw our swamp. Okay, cool. So that means that we are not going to be able to Angelic Quartermaster start to suit up our team here and get a little excited about what we're going to be doing here. So what I'll probably do is I will gain a life with the Traveling Minister just because I want to keep bolstering the life total here as much as we can. I'm not going to crack the blood token yet because I think the best use of it is with that wedding invitation. When we attack by sacking the blood token and then making it unblockable and gaining like six life here it's pretty good so i'd much rather be in that position right now and they are trying to race us and they're still bricking on a third land as they now play a second nurturing presence on one of their spirits now this is one of those interesting matchups here where i'm really curious what they're doing we do have a mythic ranked opponent right here so maybe they're onto something. I don't know. So they suit up their spirit token. It's a 3-2 fire because they activated the traveling minister onto it and also swung with a Dawnheart Disciple. So they're getting me here for seven. I'm going to take it, go to seven, and we draw Kindly Ancestor. Not too bad. Uh, I'm wondering, though, when is my need to have to use this wedding invitation? Can I waste another turn? I'll go up to eight. And I will be able to get a pretty good swing here, but they are at 16. I think that they can't necessarily kill me right now. So I'm like pretty okay Angelic Quartermastering here. I mean, what's the worst that could happen is they could play two creatures and then I'd be forced to chump block with my Angelic Quartermaster. 
That's not my favorite. So maybe I just bolster the life total a bit here and just like remove the out for them to potentially win. So I will play the Wedding Invitation and that's going to allow me to make my Blood Craze Socialite have lifelink and we are also going to sack the token on the swing here and be in a pretty decent position. But I have to imagine that they're just going to continue to have gas for the rest of this game. So I'd rather just keep putting pressure on so there are, we're going to swing now with our 3-3 Angelic Quartermaster and our Blood Craze Socialite, sacking the Blood Token. Which is now going to have them take at least 7, up to 10, going to 6, and we're going to gain 7 life on this equation. They will block with their 1-1 Spirit that they got off of the second Nurturing Presence, so not too bad, not too bad. We're going to put them now down to 9, we go back up to 15. Uh, we did have a Courier bet that we drew this turn, but we have no creature to bring back with the life gain. So I'm just going to play the Kindly Ancestor that we drew a few turns earlier and pass the turn. With us at 15, they're at 9. They've been bricking on the third land, but sometimes them's the beats. And there it is. They decided to take the scoop and, you know, it may just be purely based off of them missing a land drop for about, you know, six turns. But hey, we take away a win regardless here on Friday Night Podcast. Borok, not gonna lie, it feels really good to be able to use that sound effect again. You're absolutely right, my man. It is good to be back. And to all of my listeners, whether you've been here for quite some time or maybe you've just joined me after all the connections that we made out in CFB Vegas, we sure are glad that you're here in the Unlucky Lounge with us. Now, as for me, well, my life is about to undergo some pretty big changes. But I do want this podcast to be part of it. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get back to that consistent schedule that I had during the heavy pandemic of being able to put out one to two episodes a week. But I can tell you that this show will always be a really big part of my life. So please, like, share, subscribe, wherever you find podcasts, leave a review. It is the lifeblood of all of us out there that make content. And even if there's a little bit of feedback you want to put out there, like something you want to hear, please let us know on those socials, on Twitter, TikTok, and Twitch, Draft and Draft Corey. You can find me on my Instagram, Corey Demone Enriquez, and of course, that Patreon to help out all of those content creators out there that you know and love. Well, friends, it looks like I found the bottom of my drink, and so we've reached the end of another episode. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Corey, joined alongside Borok. And don't forget, I was here too, turtle. And this has been Draft and Draft, Friday Night Podcast Edition. Now go out there and make some magical memories of your own. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.